0: This is Long, Longwell, and I'm glad you're here today for another episode of the Jesus Society Podcast, a conversation exploring relationship, renewal, and purpose in the kingdom of God. Uh, This is episode 62 of the Jesus Society Podcast. Um, And it is a lovely day here in southern middle Tennessee. The sun is out. It's uh, cool. Um, We are having a slow... um, a slow wind up to summer, which I'm delighted about. This feels like I said to my wife the other day. This it feels a little bit like a northern summer, uh, or a northern spring. Anyway, um, oftentimes it's you know by this point in May it's already pretty warm, but uh, we've had a cool spring so far, and I'm kind of happy about that. I like uh, I like cooler weather. Um, it would be okay with me if it never got above uh, about seventy degrees, um, but. Here it usually does, so <laughs> so I'll take it as long as I can get. But I've already got my garden in, so um, that's a wonderful thing. Um, now it's just a matter of sitting back. Now I could use a little warmer weather because tomatoes need to start growing. So anyway, um, today uh, I wanna I wanna talk briefly. I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought I just I wanna say some things about. What it means to live like Jesus, because I've been thinking a lot lately, as you've probably picked up from some of the more recent episodes, um, about what it what it looks like to be the presence of Jesus in our world. Um, because remember, we we are His body, right? He lives in us, so we are His hands, His feet, His His lips in this world. Um, and, that, and that, of course, is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, um, 12 through 27. I'm going I'm to read that section um, because there's a lot in here. We're not going to just break this passage down, but I do want to read it to kind of set the context here. Um, Paul says that the body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. So the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unrepresentable, uh, sorry, unpresentable, are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for one another. If one part suffers every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. That means, if that's true, especially that last verse, that the way that the Lord wants to bless and redeem and heal the world is largely going to be through us. That's a lot to take, isn't it? That's a lot to carry, right? That's a that's a kind of a burden of responsibility to sort of hold on our shoulders as we walk through the world. You, you represent Jesus. If you're a Christian, you represent Jesus, the creator, the king of the world. And so since that's true, since we go forth into the world every day, as representatives of the king, what sort of people ought we to be in the midst of God's good world? What, what kind of people does it take to change the world? What is it that made Jesus himself so compelling? Because if, if we're his body, the same things should make us compelling. So how do we how do we be like him? What does it take? What does that look like? Well, it'd be real easy. It would be real easy, and it's it would be so easy that I thought I better say this out front, to just recite uh, the list of the qualities that the Spirit produces us in us, if if we yield to the Spirit, that is, uh, in a place like Galatians five twenty two and twenty three, and just say that's it. Remember, remember what Paul says there: the fruit of the Spirit is love, and joy, and peace, and patience and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Well, there you go. Those are the qualities Jesus wants to produce in us, and that's what it looks like, then, to live like Jesus in the world. End of discussion, right? Well, right. I have no delusions that I can improve on that, um, because I can't, Okay. So if you want to stop there, there's your list. All right? But I have more to say than that. Not that I'm not that I'm adding to anything, not that I'm improving on that. I'm certainly not. But in our day and age, in with the world the way it is, and the, some of our peculiar problems, particularly in the West, I want to say a few things a little differently, and I want to highlight a few few things that might sort of be diminished in, in some of that. So I want to I just, at great risk, right, um, I want to give you some specific suggestions, some, some thoughts that I've had about how, how we can live like Jesus redemptively in the world and what, what that looks like in, in a kind of a concrete way. Uh, and I've got six in particular that I want to just just mention and I'm gonna I'm gonna breeze through them. I'll say a little more about a few of them than I' then about some others, some other ones I'm just gonna mention. but I think like I wanna like I'm thinking about what our world needs in in the world that I live in. like what would I like to see more of what I think would benefit the world. Um, so so I've got six of these i'm gonna I'm gonna just go through them here. Um, and the first one is gonna sound, Obvious, maybe. Um, but first of all, make sure if, you're, if, you're, if you claim to be a Christian, if you're living as a Christian, make sure you're following Jesus. Nothing or nobody else, okay? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Let him lead you. What you see him doing, you do, okay? Let him form your character. Let him form your heart. Let him form your actions, um we're 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 doing his work in the world but but heaven forbid that we should think that we're doing it independent of him one of the things that i say a lot is that sometimes we act like like we can do this without god you know like like we like we just have a we just have a set of marching orders and we don't really need you know we can just take the blueprint and run with it right that's what we do so often, I think. We, we tear off way out ahead of Jesus and just start imagining, start doing what we imagine that he'd do. And sometimes we do okay with that, but sometimes we don't. I'm reminded of of um, the, the passage in Matthew 17. Jesus, you remember, takes Peter and James and John uh, up on top of the mountain, and He is Jesus is transfigured before their eyes right there. And Peter of course, being the impetuous guy he, he is, because, he, he, you know, appearing with Jesus up there is Moses and Elijah. And and Peter, James, and John see all that. And Peter jumps in and says, hey, Lord, how about I build three tabernacles here? You know, one for you, one for Moses, and one Elijah. Wouldn't that be cool? I can get right on that, get her done. And immediately, if you read the, the the text, immediately, while Peter is still speaking, God just cuts him off. Uh, A bright cloud envelops them, it says, and and a voice from the cloud says, hey, he didn't say hey, really, okay? But he says, hey, this is my son who I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. In other words, this isn't about Moses or Elijah anymore. You follow Jesus. You listen to him. He takes precedent now. And that's why Jesus will say to the apostles and and everybody else he seems to run into, he'll say, Follow me. That's his his invitation. Follow me. And again, he didn't just give us a a, a to do list and say, Here's kind of the list, list of the things I want done. Now you just go on out there and take this piece of paper and go on out and just start working them, tick them off when you get them done, and I'll wait here. That's not how this works. Some people think that, that we've got a Bible and so we just read the Bible and do what it says and we can, you know, we don't really need, nobody says this, all right? Nobody says this. Nobody says we don't need God. But sometimes we act like that. You know, we treat the Bible kind of as a, just a to-do list, a, a, a program. Just, just read it and do what it says and, and we, we can just kind of do that. And I don't really need any more than that. I, I want to say that's not how this works. we only follow jesus by following jesus we follow him he leads us and he he directs and is actively involved in the things that we do in this world so we're his body remember so we've we've got to stay connected and attuned to him we've got to pay attention to his leading and his prompting in the in the uh, the, the way that he wants us to, to do his work and the timing of it, right? And the specific things that he wants you as an individual to be involved in and me as an individual to be involved maybe in something slightly different, right? He directs all that. So that means stay in his word. Stay in prayer. Listen to him. Learn to hear, learn to hear his voice. Follow him. Okay, stay attuned to him. And don't just get out there ahead of him and stay busy like we like we want to. Okay, that's number one. Number two, this is gonna be another duh thing, right? Love relentlessly. Love relentlessly. Love Jesus and love like Jesus. One of the things that made Jesus so attractive to everyone is was the way that he loved people and he and he he always tended to love the people that nobody else was loving right did you notice that the the lepers and the and the prostitutes and the tax collectors the irs men and the right the people who needed it the most and look well, there's my dog barking nathan my son nathan just pulled in the driveway and uh she's our early warning device so she's barking you can probably hear that um so, so here's the thing about loving relentlessly. Um, there's there's no shortage of people who feel discouraged, and inferior, and alone today. Right, I'm one of those sometimes, and so are you. Um, it's it's just hard. It's hard to live today, and love is such an underrated quality in our world. I think, and it requires. Patience, to, to love well, it requires patience, it requires self-denial. But I think there's nothing that has more power to redeem a broken world and a broken person than love. So what does love look like? Well, Paul gives a phenomenal description of love in the in the well-known verses in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verses 4 through 8. You know, these are the verses that we that we recite every time somebody gets married right? So you, you probably heard these and you know them, but I'm going to read them to you, right? And just think about these qualities. In fact, in fact, I'll tell you, I'll tell you about this. I, I made a suggestion one time to a group of young people. Um, if you're dating, some, if you're a young person and you're listening to this and you're dating somebody and and you're kind of wondering if they're the white, right person for you, um, make a list of all these things, and instead of when you like literally type them out or write them out on a piece of paper but but instead of instead of the word love just write a blank line okay um and and just make this list except except with a blank line ahead of each one of these statements and then look down the list and every statement that you think is true of this person that you're dating write their name in that line okay and if if it's if you think it's not true don't put their name in that line and look at the look at the list when it's all done and if there's a list of I don't know how many there are here 13 or so maybe I don't know I'm just guessing I haven't counted them but if you're if this person you're dating is only hitting about three or four of these maybe this is not the person you ought to be marrying. Maybe it's not the person you should be dating and I, and I don't know that anybody's going to hit hundred percent of them maybe somebody is if they are boy you'd stick to that person. But you know, evaluate the evaluate your the people you're dating in light of these kind of things, right? But anyway, here's what here's what here, here's these verses. But think about think about this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Don't devalue kindness in this world, by the way. Love does not envy. Love is not boastful. Love is not arrogant. Love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not irritable. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Okay, so collectively, that's what it means to love relentlessly. Love's a big thing, isn't it? And all that can seem a little bit intimidating and maybe even a little incriminating can't it because that's a lot to live up to most of us struggle to live up to that but let me ask you this first of all like do you know anybody like that have you met somebody in this world that you'd say yeah that's that fits what would it be like to be around somebody like that somebody who loved relentlessly? What would a friend or a wife or a boss or a co-worker or a father or a mother be like who embodied that? Would having somebody like that in your life change you? I can tell you it would change me. I've known a few people like that and they changed me. And what I want to say is that it changed the world too. And that is what God wants us to be in this world. Change agents. And we do that in part by loving relentlessly. All right, number three. Pursue wisdom. Pursue wisdom. I said a minute ago that one of the things that made Jesus so attractive was the way that he loved people. The other thing that made Jesus so attractive was his wisdom. I mean, just look through the Gospels. Like, people marveled at the wisdom of Jesus in the same way that they marveled at King Solomon back in 1 Kings. At the, uh, you remember that story, right? Solomon becomes king, and God appears to him and says, ask whatever you want, and I'll give to you. And Solomon thought about it and he said, Lord, I, I'm, you've made me king over your people, this great multitude of people. And I, I don't know that I'm up to the challenge. So give me wisdom. Give me, a, give me a heart of discernment so that I can lead your people and govern your people in the way that you would. Make me, give me wisdom to, to do this. And God was so pleased with his answer. That he said, I'm not only going to give you wisdom, I'm going to give you the other things, the things you didn't ask for. Long life and wealth. Right? God, and 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 then you read, you know, in the next couple of chapters, and Solomon was wise, wiser than anybody on earth. Jesus is that way, right? And people marveled at him for that. So. What we need most in our world, or, or maybe not most, but as much as some of the others, what we really need a lot of in this world is wisdom. So what is wisdom? Well, that's a big word in the Bible. It's a big and important word in the Bible. So it carries um, a, a range of, of meaning, right? Um, it carries, wisdom carries the ideas of understanding and insight and intelligence and thoughtfulness. Wisdom is the, is the fusion and, and union of right thought, right discourse, and right action. And we're not necessarily talking about knowledge here, okay? Uh, although knowledge is certainly a, a part of wisdom, okay? Um, but, you know, you, you can have all the knowledge in the world and not be wise, right? Those, those two things are not the same thing. Um, wisdom includes knowledge, but it, but it's much more than just knowledge, and it's important if we're going to live out God's ethos in the world to understand that, okay? Um, in Acts chapter 6, when the church needed to solve what amounted to an ethnic problem and a unity problem, the apostles told them to choose some people from among them to, to kind of handle th- this problem, and and the 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 apostle said, okay, here's the kind of people you need to handle this, all right? You needed to have two qualities. They needed to be full of the Spirit, and they needed to be full of wisdom, okay? Um, James James says, James 3.17, that godly wisdom, the kind of wisdom that comes from above, is, is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, Submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. See, God's people need to be a wise presence in our world and not just part of the cacophony of discordant noise that we see everywhere. We need wise, prayerful, insightful, nuanced solutions to our problems. And God has placed us in the world to offer that. So pursue wisdom. Try to become wise people. Ask God to give you wisdom. Okay? Pursue wisdom. All right, number four. This is is simple and straightforward. Give more than you take. In, in in every way you can interpret that, just give more than you take. Be a, be a servant, all right? Um, work hard. Um, one of the things you should give more of is, is grace. There are enough people in the world who are critical and judgmental. Don't be that person. Be kind. Be gracious. Be merciful. Be forgiving. Be understanding. Be patient and long-suffering give more than you take be generous okay um, just be, learn to be a learn to be a more giving person in in every way be be generous and hospitable give more kindness just just give more than you take I don't I don't know how to say that any more simply than that in in every area you can think of, Am I I giving more than I'm taking or am I taking more than I'm giving? In all my relationships, try to give more than you take, okay? Uh, Number five, live a life of integrity and honesty. Um, One of the things that that God said to to King Solomon, uh, who I mentioned a minute ago, 1 Kings 9, 4, he says, walk before me with a heart of integrity and in what is right, doing everything I commanded you. Just just do what's right. Do what's right. Well, how do you know what's right? Well, you follow Jesus to start with. You make deliberative, careful, wise decisions. And if you're not sure what to do, wait until you are. And if you have to err, always err on the side of, of love. But what's integrity? Being, being honest and being honest honorable, keeping your promises, doing what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Don't lie. Don't pretend. Don't pretend to be somebody you're not. We're so good at curating our image. You know, we've got social media these days, and so we all you know, if you look at everybody's social media page, we're all we're all health, healthy, happy, wise, rich. Um, we enjoy every day. We're all doing fun things, right? And we we curate an image to the world that's dishonest. You know, that makes it look like we've got it all together and everything is wonderful. And so the rest of us look at that and and we know, right? Well, I'm not living that way. Everybody else is living that way, but I'm. Don't be dishonest. Don't, don't just show the world, the, the, you know, your best side all the time. I'm not saying you have to air all your dirty laundry in front of everybody, but don't pretend to be something you're not. Don't pretend to like people when you don't. Just don't pretend. Don't Don't flatter or manipulate or coerce. If you're in business... Heavens, don't don't use business to justify um, dishonesty or cruelty or or, or all kinds of things that that aren't of God, right? We've all seen that. That's one of the reasons business has such a, a seedy reputation in the world is because we do all kinds of things in the name of business and profitability that are really unkind and unjust. Don't be that person. If you run a business run a business based on integrity. And don't say, and I've heard this, boy, have I heard this a lot. Well, it's just business. And we say things like that to justify a dishonorable practice or an unkind or unjust business policy. Folks, the world has got enough of that kind of nonsense. If you're leading an organization, and I'd say this about a church too, if you're leading a church, you boy, are you going to get judged harshly because you don't do this, right? Integrity, honesty, honor. Make those the touchstones of your your business, of your organization, of your church, of your family, of your personal life, okay? You, as a child of the living God, as a child of the King, you'd be better than that. Be genuine, be honest, and be honorable in all that you do. All right. Number six, last one. Um, and, and this kind of strikes. This is a maybe a uniquely Western problem. You know, we we live in the wealthiest country in the world. Uh, the 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 poor people among us are have more than the poor people in any other country. Okay, and I'm not minimizing poverty. All right. So the, uh, I'm, 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 what I'm t- about to talk about is materialism here. Okay, so stuff. So sixthly and finally here, it's okay to have stuff, but don't let stuff have you. Right? It's not it's not wrong to have stuff. Okay, and I'm, I hope I hope my wife hears that me and I'm saying this, not because of her, because of me. I like my stuff. Right? She's gonna chuckle when she read when she hears this too many of us and I'll put myself in that I'll be honest <clears throat> excuse me too many of us let the stuff have us we are we are held captive by our stuff the the hoarder shows that we have on TV that we all chuckle at and laugh at those are those are those are extreme examples of that but all of us lean that way to some degree or another so we've got to learn we've got to learn to release the grasp that we have on our stuff, so that our stuff can release the, the, gra- the grasp it has on us. We need to not. We need to not be so tied to our stuff and to getting more stuff and new stuff and other stuff. Not the, not, not the the insatiable focus on the latest and greatest all the time. Like let go of that, okay. Try to live simpler. If you can. All right, let me wrap this up. Uh, Peter tells us in First Peter one five through eight that if we have faith and goodness and knowledge and self control and endurance and godliness and brotherly affection and love, those things collectively keep us from being useless and unproductive in the in the kingdom. I would summarize that. Again, not, not, to, not to take away from Peter's words, but I would summarize that in the, in the context of this discussion that we're having today to say this. If you follow and stay attuned to Jesus and you have love and wisdom and a servant heart and integrity and honesty and a balanced approach to stuff, you will be a highly effective citizen of the kingdom of God, or as we call it, the Jesus Society. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope you'll join us again next week. As always, we'd appreciate it if you tell others about the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes or Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, wherever you go to get your podcast. Please uh, visit us on our Facebook page for the Jesus Society podcast. Uh, at Jesus Society Podcast is where you go to find that. Um, look at our website, thejesussociety.com, where all of our uh, episodes, you can find them there. Um, we're, we're still um, trying to get a bigger present, presence on uh, YouTube and Odyssey, so check us out there. Those are kind of the, is uh, kind of one of the alt um, tech platforms. Um, if you want to support our show, if you'd like to do that on our in our related ministry, um, we've added a Patreon page and you can, um, you can visit us there. There'll be a link for all this in the show notes. But Thank you so much for listening and being part of the Jesus Society. And remember, you are greatly loved.